All right. Uh, so today, I will be returning to the 35-minute clap. All right, to try to... I'm taking note of all those who keep cheering for that. In order to keep my message to within 40, 40 minutes. All right, I'm trying to hit less than 40 minutes today. So... Uh, at the 35-minute mark, our programming director will hold up his sign. When you see the white paper go up, do not panic. Just start clapping. All right, and then I'll wrap up my sermon. Uh, as I mentioned earlier during the announcements, every first Sunday of the month, we have our Financial Restoration Fellowship offering. And this is an offering that we implement, implemented after my financial uh, sermon series talking about how the righteous, they uphold the rights of the poor. And how we, as a covenant community, we got to learn how to take care of the poor, beginning with more proximity, which tells you you got to take care of your immediate family, you take care of your covenant community, uh, your family of God, your local church, and then you take care of those outside of that uh, moral proximity. And then sometimes on time of crisis, you help people uh, directly because they go through an earthquake, storm, or something like that. Uh, But we got to learn how to really help those out of our abundance, we've got to help those who are in need. And so I talked about that over those sermon series, and I really want to really exhort you, because I feel like application here has been still slow and slack. And, I, and uh, you know, I've got to confess myself. I keep forgetting about it, all right? Look, I'm reminding you very clearly, prepare your offering first Sunday of each month. Remember, in the Old Testament, there were mosaic economic laws that forbid that you... Uh, you could not harvest certain portions of your field. Those fields, those portions were reserved for the poor, the widow, the orphan to come and eat and, and be fed. And in the same way, we don't, we don't harvest fields today, but the spirit of that economic law still applies to our hearts and to our lives. All right, and so we need to really uphold the rights of the poor and to really uh, take care of them. Proverbs 19.17 says, He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward him for what he has done. I don't know about you, but if you lend to the Lord, God never defaults on a repayment. And not only when you lend to the Lord will God pay you back, but God will reward the person for what he has done, the Bible says. So I'm telling you right now, it's beneficial to you. It's a blessing to you that you learn how to get into a habit of taking care of the poor. Taking care of those who are in need. Amen? Amen. I got some acid reflux. My voice might crack a little bit. (laughs) Stop laughing. You're taking up my time. (laughs) All right. Also, I want to share that I'm currently on a 21-day media fast. So I'm staying away from Facebook, Twitter, movies, videos, idle internet surfing. I'm trying my best. Uh, It's not that these things are evil. It's simply that they were competing and distracting me from my love for Jesus. And so be, being disconnected from social media is a small price to pay to be better connected to the Lord. Amen? Amen. I also really wanted to take these next few weeks to prepare my heart and mind for, what, for the next season that our church is entering into. And thus far, I can say that uh, it has brought a lot of clarity just in the past few days. And so I will be continuing to, to my 21st day uh, in the middle of January. All right? Uh, my... Facebook wall is disabled on purpose. Don't think that uh, I put you on my limited profile or something like that. (laughs) Although some of you might really be on there. But uh, everybody cannot post on my wall right now. 
Most you can do is post on my Facebook page, something like that. All right. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll look at this text. First Corinthians chapter 10. I'm sorry. Second, second Corinthians chapter 10. Yes. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, verse eight. And then we're going to look at verse 13 through 17. Second Corinthians is in the new Testament. It's right after Romans. All right, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8, and then we're going to read from 13 through 17. Verse 8. For even if I boast a little too much of our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for destroying you, I will not be ashamed. Now go down to verse 13. But we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us to reach even to you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you. We were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. And we do not boast beyond limit in the labor of others, labors of others. But our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly Enlarged, so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. All right, we'll stop there. Uh, I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation because some of you uh, might uh, have difficulty with the ESV's awkward wording here. Now, ESV is a good Bible translation because it's a literal translation. And sometimes when you do Bible study, having a literal translation is helpful because the Word of God says every word is important and the Word of God will stand. That means every in the, in the Hebrew, when Jesus talked about the uh, Old Testament, he said every little dot and tittle will not fall from the law. Now, if you know Hebrew, Hebrew has uh, these letters, and they read from right, right to left. This is for you guys, right? Right to left. And uh, there are no vowel syllables on those letters originally. Uh, but later on, Bible interpreters put uh, vowels on there to help people to read uh, the Hebrew text. Anyway, even Jesus said even those things, those little vowel tittles and little strokes of the pen will not fall from the law. And so the word of God, every word of God is important. So the literal translation helps us to preserve that. But sometimes having a more uh, dynamic translation, more uh, interpretive translation can be also helpful. So let me read the New Living Translation. It may shed some new light on this passage. I'm going to read it. 2 Corinthians 10, 8, verse 13 to 7. I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It doesn't tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. We will not boast about things done outside our area of authority. We will boast only what has happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our work working with you. We are not reaching beyond these boundaries when we claim authority over you as if we had never visited you. For we were the first to travel all the way to Corinth with the good news of Christ. Nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. 
Then we will be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you where no one else is working. Then there will be no question of our boasting about work done in someone else's territory. As the scripture says, we, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. All right, so that's the New Living Translation. I don't know if that helped at all. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still take apart the ESV because the ESV is the more literal translation. Today, I want to share with you about New Philly's next church plant plans. All right, calm down, calm down. All right. uh, God has given us authority uh, to impact people's lives here within our co- local congregations. But God has also given us authority to impact the wider body of Christ. Now, this is not an abnormal thing. All right, there are many churches that not only bless their local congregation, but they bless churches all over the world. For example, Hillsong Church down in Australia. Hillsong blesses their church members with all of this music and singing and and their Hillsong Conference gathers people from all over the world, thousands all over the world each year. Not only do they bless people in Australia, but they bless people all over the world. I mean, even today, we, we sang Hillsong songs. Hillsong songs. Uh, another example uh, will be Bill Hybels, Rick Warren. You might be a little critical of seeker-sensitive uh, ministry, but these two ministries have produced very uh, rich Bible study materials that churches all over the world use. Another example is people, uh, Southern Baptists. Now, Southern Baptists uh, have a rap for not embracing the charismatic movement. In some parts of Southern Baptists, they don't embrace it. Regardless of whether they embrace the charismatic movement or not, they have very rich Bible studies. Probably, probably still some of the best Bible study materials comes out of the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, Experiencing God uh, by Henry Blackaby. Uh, that is a Southern Baptist dude. Uh, even Rick Warren has really Southern Baptist roots. And so, you know... Um, you know, Southern Baptists, you know, yeah, you know, Bible Belt, you know, they have their own issues and trouble and they get a little political sometimes. But there's a lot of ways in which they bless the water body of Christ. Now, New Philly, God has given us authority. God has given Aaron and myself authority and the leadership of this house authority to impact your lives. But God has also given us authority to bless the water body of Christ. Not only that, to bless the city in which we are domiciled. Which we're living. That's not an SAT word. That's just a regular word that we don't use. And uh, God has also given us authority to plant churches and build up the body of Christ. And so just as the apostle said, we recognize this authority because this authority was given to us to build you up, not tear you down. And so... We, therefore, need not be ashamed of this authority. You guys hear what I'm saying? We don't got to be all like, and all sorry about, uh, are we like imposing on your territory? Or like, do you not want to sing uh, some of the songs that our church has written? Like, you don't hear Hillsong ever saying that. They recognize they have an authority to be a blessing to the wider body of Christ. So they release those albums like, you better sing our songs. These are the hottest songs coming out of heaven, you know? They recognize the authority, and we also need not be ashamed. I know we're a small congregation. Uh, we don't have that many people. Right? We have 200 here, maybe 100, a little less than 100 at Itaewon. 
about 30 at Seaside. We're not a very big church. We have about like 50 sons from afar right now. And then we have a whole network of Emmaus alumni that Pastor Aaron needs to hunt down. Because I'm college students, man. You need to hunt them down. But anyway, um, we're not a big church, but God has given us a big authority. He's deposited in us a mighty grace. And you got you to gotta recognize the grace that's in this house. You know, I've, I, I've traveled all over the world. And there are not many English ministries of Korean churches that quite have the dynamic that we enjoy here at New Philly. I haven't found one. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not boasting like, oh, we're the best church in the world. We're the best English ministry under a Korean church in the world. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, man, what we got here is unique, and we need to recognize the grace that God has put in here. Also, just compared to churches all over the world, I've been to spirit-filled, charismatic churches in Kazakhstan with thousands of people gathered in Amalti. When I went into that church, man, I was blown away. It's called Grace Church. There's a church plant from L.A. Korean church uh, in L.A. that's planted churches all over the Russian-speaking world. Man, they got dynamic churches there, powerful preachers. And I've been to Rick Warren's uh, church, uh, Saddleback. I've been to John MacArthur's church, Grace Community, uh, Grace uh, Community, Covenant Community, Grace Community. Yeah, and uh, I've been to uh, uh, Classic um, uh, Chuck Smith uh, down in California in Costa Mesa. I went to uh, Calvary Chapel, you know, from the Jesus Movement. That's remnants of the Jesus Movement. And I've been to all these churches, and there's a lot of good things. I love Broken Tabernacle, by the way, man. I love Broken Tabernacle. I tell you, still. It is one of the most anointed because that is a church that prays. There's a lot of churches that have success. But then there are churches that pray and have success. And Brooklyn Tabernacle is one of them churches that prays. That's why at New Philly, one thing that I will never back down from is, is a culture of prayer. You know, we can learn about all these church growth strategies and, and all these different approaches, secret sensitive approaches. But one thing we won't compromise is prayer. You know why? Because Jesus, he went ballistic when he came into the temple and did not find prayer there. Because he said, my house would be called a house of prayer for all nations. My father's house is a house of prayer. You have to understand, I love what IHOP is doing. All right. But what I, I believe what God has raised up at IHOP is because there's a deficit of prayer going on in local churches in America. But that does not replace the local church's role as a house of prayer. The local church needs to be a house of prayer for all nations. Anyway, so we need not be ashamed of the authority that God has given us. Now, when we boast, we don't want to boast beyond our limits, but only in regard to the area of influence that God has assigned to us. Now, let me tell you something about this right now. You, as a minister, I have to recognize... The area of influence that God has assigned to this house. I cannot, out of my selfish ambition, just start going out and trying to plant churches and trying to have influence in all parts of the world just because I'm ambitious about it. Holy ambition must always be in submission to the voice of the Lord. If God says, I'm not taking you there, then we need to avoid there. And we need to go to the places God has assigned to us. So God has assigned to us very specific areas of influence. And our hope is, just as it says here in verse 15, our hope is that 
as the faith of our sons and daughters here at New Philly increases, that our area of influence may be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel in other areas that do not hear him, that do not have the gospel being preached. So read that with me in verse 15 again, because you guys give me blank with stares. Look at this, verse 15. We do not boast beyond limit in the labor of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you. New Philly, God is about to greatly enlarge our area of influence. Amen? It's not a work of man. I mean, one day I'll try to do a very accurate, historical, prophetic history of our church. Man, I was looking back at my journals last night, 2005. Man, I, 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 I clearly now know where the dating protocol came from. <laughs> it was from all my foolishness and going after all these different girls that I thought God was telling me to marry and all this stuff. Anyway, uh, Man, I didn't have covering back then. I didn't, I didn't have a very strong covering back then, did I? Anyway, um, <clears throat> when I was kind of recounting uh, 2005 to 2007 to 2008 when I took over as the lead pastor, man, it's supernatural. And how the church grew to where we are, the amount of foolishness we dealt with, the amount of demonized people we dealt with. Let me tell you something right now. I was looking at my journal entry. There are a lot of people that were demonized. I mean, some of you newcomers are demonized. I, I don't mean to offend you. But some of you got bondage in your life. You think this is just like OCD-like symptoms. You think you just have fear and uh, insomnia. But it's actually a demonic spirit that Christ can set you free from. But anyway, man, back when I first began, even before I began as a lead pastor, man, I was doing delivery ministry left and right. People were coming over to my house at 3 in the morning. Where my, my old roommate James at? James, you here? He's not here? Oh, no. The devil get him? No, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. No, he's my bull. Don't worry. He's my bull. He's going to hear this and he's going to laugh. Anyway, I was looking at my journal entries. Man, James, my roommate, one time he brought, he brought over somebody who was having like a demonic attack. Like at 2, 3 in the morning, he woke me up, told me like, help, help her out. You know, and so I'm like, you know, man. But anyway, it's supernatural. I got to stay with my time. All right, here we go. <clears throat> so, in April of 2009, a year after I took over as the lead pastor over this English ministry, we established our EM as New Philadelphia Church. That was April of 2009. A year later, we sent out 10 leaders to another neighborhood in Seoul, and we planted our first church plant in Itaewon. Two years after that, in April of this past year, we sent out another 10 of our leaders to another city to start our second church plant in the city of Busan. Now, once again, we're not a big church yet, but we are a powerful remnant, amen? Man, we are like gochujang, man. You just need, you know, you just need a little bit of New Philly. And we will have a powerful impact wherever we are placed. 
you know, you take us to a retreat, just, you know, sprinkle a few of our leaders as counselors for that retreat, and that retreat is going to be fiery. You know, you send us to, to anywhere. Anyway, we're a powerful remnant. Cause that's because we're an army of mighty warriors. We're not just here to do church. We're not just here to, you know, continue the Christian culture tradition, like cultural Christianity. We're not here to uphold, like, the traditions of men. We're here to bring the kingdom of God. We're here to set the devil to flight. The Bible says this is the reason the Son of God was made manifest, to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus is still being manifest through the church. And our role is to destroy the works of the devil and to build the kingdom of God, to advance the kingdom of God in the lives of men and women and in cities everywhere. Now, um, we're a powerful remnant. Our church is a house of prayer. Our church is Christ-centered. We're filled with the fire of the Spirit. All right, very good. Sorry, I don't like to just pass through my manuscript. I like to read it all. <clears throat> now, beginning with 2013, we're going to take steps for our next church plant. And this time, we're going to go international. So, no, it is not Kuala Lumpur or Jakarta or New Delhi or even Tokyo. Although those, those are all cities that are on our hearts because we are big about reaching Asia or even Manila. Okay, so not yet for those cities. Our, our next church plant plans are going to involve... Not just one, but two cities. All right. So brace yourself. All right. It's going to be Sydney and Melbourne in Australia. Okay, listen up. Let me share the story, okay? Let me share the story because it's not just my idea. All right. So earlier this year... I know there's a bunch of Aussies here, all right? All right, y'all, y'all can go near the AC if you need to. Cool off a little bit, all right? I know that a lot of you have actually been joking about uh, New Philly doing a church plant. Uh, you know, you guys were like, hey, plant a church down in Australia, you know? And uh, this whole year, you know, I had to keep my mouth shut when you said those things. You know, because you know, we were praying into it, but we didn't want to be hasty in these decisions. Now, let me tell you what happened. Earlier this year, I felt the Lord saying that he wanted me to plant a church in Melbourne. So I shared it with Pastor Aaron, and we began praying into it. And to be perfectly honest, before I got this impression, I had no serious ambition or desire to plant a church in Australia. You know that I've been all for Asian cities, because those are cities that need churches like New Philly. You know, too many churches, they don't church plant in these major cities in Asia. But the impression that I got was unshakable. And as be, and I began thinking more about it, things started to make sense. And I started to get excited about it. Because that's earlier this year. April 4th, 2012, the core leaders of the church, we had a meeting. And I presented this revelation that perhaps our next church plant is in Melbourne. I also shared that I feel God is calling New Philly to help give leadership to what God is stirring up in Australia. We see a coming revival, especially among the second geners in the Korean churches of Australia. God's really doing a mighty work. So the core leaders, we felt, they felt good about this revelation, and we began praying into it. And the more we prayed, the more I became convinced that the call is not just to Melbourne, 
but it's also to send you. About seven weeks later, May 24th, 2012, I got an email from Pastor John Ree of FLM inviting me to come speak at a conference in Sydney. Uh, that opened up because I actually bumped into him in February of this year, a few months before that. I was in LAX, and I was going through my Global Entry Express line. And any, any of you American citizens, uh, ha, you should apply for Global Entry. You should look into it. It's, it's, it's amazing. So instead of waiting in them long immigration lines, I was just going right. To, and I felt bad for Pastor Erin because she was waiting in line. Now, now, I have to get it first to make sure that it's legit, you know. And so, so we're, work, we're working on getting her one. Anyway, that's not the point. Listen. So I'm going through this global entry line, and I'm just like, suckers. I'm like, suckers. And then I look close. I look close at the suckers, and there's Pastor Ray. Pastor Ray and Pastor John Reed. They were standing in line. They were like, hey. I was like, Pastor Ray, is that you? And then we like... Shook hands, exchanged numbers, and then we ended up getting lunch in L.A. And so uh, he had mentioned at that time about possibly inviting me again to come speak at FLM. So May 24th, I get this email inviting me to come to Australia. And I saw this open door to preach as confirmation number one. If indeed God was calling us to church plan in Australia, here was a great opportunity to go in person, meet with the local pastors, and to get their feedback on this vision, on this idea. Friday, July 13th, 2012, Aaron and I were about to officiate a wedding in New York. We were getting lunch with my college mentor, Brother Michael, and his wife, Lori. Both of them are very gifted in prophecy. Now, if you have ever met a person with a strong gift of prophecy, it would be them. All right, because they don't beat around the bush. They don't just give you nice Bible verses to make you feel good. Now, those are all important parts of prophecy. Okay? But they will get precise and tell you things that no one else knows that's very precise. Anyway, we're having lunch. We're talking, and all of a sudden, Brother Michael's wife, Laurie, she prophesies, you will be planning a church in Australia and all over the world. Now, I didn't tell her about my church plant plans and my church plant vision and New Philly's vision to plant churches in Asia. I didn't tell her none of that. We're just eating at this Chinese-American buffet. It's called Rainbow Buffet. That's where we always go. It's not rainbow like that. It's rainbow like God's promises, all right? And, and we're eating. Hey, that's not the point. Focus. Focus. I'm losing time here. Focus. So she, she prophesied this. And so, man, it, just, it was just loud and direct, you know? And we're like, Aaron and I were just looking at each other. And then they went on to prophesy a whole bunch of other things uh, that we can't quite share yet. But it's really exciting. It's really exciting. Um, so this was confirmation number two. Uh, they also mentioned that New Philly is going to increase greatly and have a powerful impact all over the world. That should, you know, really confirm to us that we have an authority to be a blessing to the wider body of Christ. The next uh, two weeks later, we were in Australia. I was getting ready to preach for the second night of the FLM conference. Thursday, July 26th. Um, I got to, Aaron and I got to have lunch with pastors Joshua and Bernie. Uh, they are local EM pastors in Sydney. 
And over lunch, we shared with them about our vision to open up a new Philly church plant in Sydney. And surprisingly, they were very, very supportive. And they said that Sydney needs a good second-generation church that they can recommend other than their own. Uh, and uh, the next day, we also shared with Pastor Ray of Sydney Full Gospel, along with some of the EM pastors uh, there at FLM. And uh, the week after, we also were in Melbourne, and we got to share with Pastor Robin. And uh, all of them, they uh, really were very supportive, very encouraging, and they also shared any insight that they had. And so as we shared with these local pastors, we, you know, we really felt like it wasn't like they were getting uh, particularly uh, anxious or defensive, but they really celebrated this vision of us doing a church plant. And they saw the impact that uh, New Philly has had, and they felt that it would be a good thing, not only for reaching the unchurched and reaching for people that have walked away from church, but also just being a resource, resource to the existing local EMs that are there. Now, um, on the day that we grabbed lunch with Pastors Joshua and Bernie, that morning was actually our four-year wedding anniversary. And since I had to preach at night, we celebrated it with a breakfast next to the river at the Armory Wharf Cafe. Big thanks to Jane Hunt for helping to set that up. Jane, Jane and David, praise, praise the Lord, bless you guys. All right. Uh, <laughs> over breakfast, we discussed the church plant. All right, yeah, hold that drone up. All right, I got five, five minutes left or I got, yeah, so, Okay. I'm going, for, I'm going for 40, so you got to hold it up at 35. Okay. Sorry about that. All right, so check this out. So we were, we were having this anniversary breakfast, and over breakfast, uh, we discussed the church plan, and Pastor Aaron shared, shared wonderful insight about how we ought to proceed, not just focus on the what, but on the how. And so later that day, uh, we shared with uh, the Australia ministry team that we were traveling with from New Philly. And we told them about the church plant vision. And uh, as I was sharing, sharing casually about it, I got this revelation that on the fourth anniversary of our wedding and on my fourth visit to Australia, God was giving us revelation about our fourth church plant. So, you know, that was kind of cool. That was cool to me anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, after we got back, we shared with Pastor Benjamin and Sonny. And they also bore witness with it right away. They got very excited about it. And over the past months, I've been sharing it with the KM, with Pastor Huang, uh, through my ministry reports. And they seem to be very supportive as well. Or at least they haven't given me like a red flag. All right. And uh, this past week, I got to share with Pastor Jin. And he got really excited. And he gave, me, uh, he gave us his blessing for us to go ahead and do these future church plants. And so, man, God has really uh, confirmed it. And I feel like we've come to the point where if we don't obey, we're disobeying. You know what I mean? God has revealed it so clearly to us that this is his will and this is him expanding our area of influence. That if we refuse to do it, that we're actually in disobedience. So, New Philly, we are going to open up church plants in Sydney and in Melbourne. God has spoken very clearly, confirmed it, and so we're going to move forward with it. Praise the Lord. 
Pastor Benjamin thinks that it, it's eventually going to be very multi-ethnic. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, and we're pretty multi-ethnic here anyway, so that's not a problem. Now, um, the only thing that's important is not that we do it. God is not concerned just that we do it, but God is also concerned how we do it. And how are we going to do this? I'll tell you something now. Pastor Aaron and I, we are committed to proceed with a servant's heart. Honoring the existing pastors that are there. And being in relationship with those local churches. We want to serve and seek to be a blessing and a resource to the body of Christ in Australia. So that's our heart. So beginning with 2013... I'm going to start looking for a team of key leaders to commit two years of their life to go down to the land down under (laughs) to help plant New Philly in Sydney and soon thereafter New Philly in Melbourne. So we plan to send this team out. We hope by the beginning of 2014 and we hope to launch our public service in Sydney in April of 2014. So until then, we're going to, uh, what we're going to do, we're going to do stages of church planning. It's a little bit different than what we've done before. We're going to start community groups uh, in Sydney uh, with uh, key people that we're partnering with. And we're going to see how these community groups develop. And then in the middle of 2013, Pastor Aaron and I are going to make a trip to Sydney and we are going to minister at a retreat for the people that have been coming out. And then uh, we're going to gather the team. And in the future, I'm sure that we'll also open up doors for Pastor Benjamin and Sonny to minister in Australia for the first time. And that will probably end up in you know, our whole lineage, you know, which includes our beloved Pastor Dale. I love Dale, all right? Don't get me wrong, all right? I love Dale. He, I'm sure I felt like God was saying, you know, you're going to help open up the doors for Dale to preach in Sydney. And I was like, oh, man, Lord, really? Why me? <laughs> No, the, the Lord was, yeah, it's our lineage. He's part of the family, all right? I love Dale. Don't worry, he'll, he'll preach here at, at New Philly again real soon, I'm sure. Um, anyway, so that's uh, what we're looking at. We're going to do it in phases with the community groups. And then in 2014, we're going to go forward with a public launch service. Pray for us, because our commitment is to be in the city. So the only few places that I know in Sydney is Darling Harbor and Circular Quay. And I know that real estate in those areas is super expensive. So, you know, but I really believe that God is going to uh, bring in the wealth of the wicked. Uh, the wealth of the nations will be made available for us to do these church plants. So even as I'm sharing this, some of you may have a burning in your heart. And that might be God telling you that you are to join in and serve on this church plant team. To give up two years of your life to go to this country. All the way down south, where everything is backwards. <laughs> where the winter is summer, and the summer is winter. And they don't know how to say aluminum right. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Are right, you guys can start clapping. <laughs> All right, so let me wrap up my message here. I'm wrap up my message here. My message is simple today. Uh, God has given us authority to build up the body of Christ. And he's also at this time, as your faith is increasing, 
He is enlarging our area of influence. And we're excited about it. We're rejoicing over it. And we're going to move forward, uh, really depending upon his voice and praying and seeking his his face and his grace for all these steps. Uh, Other new things for 2013, we're also going to be planting a new chapter of Emmaus at Korea University. That will be our third campus that we'll have our college ministry in. And then we are also, uh, I am also uh, planning to build a more formal youth ministry in 2013 for English-speaking youth in the city. So New Philly, as the faith of our community increases, God is greatly enlarging our area of influence. So let us embrace it. Let's get ready because God's about to do some crazy things. It's going to be one amazing ride. Amen? Amen. All right, next week I'm going to give an executive summary of 2012, and I will be sharing the theme of 2013. All right, close in prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you have blessed us with an amazing church community, a community that where we can come and be accepted, be celebrated, a community where we are loved, where we can experience holistic fellowship. But we know that we haven't been made perfect in all these things, but Lord, your grace is taking us there. We're well on our way. We thank you for this amazing community. And Father, we are embracing your call for us to enlarge our area of influence. We know that it's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require uh, people to step out in faith. But, Father, we know that, God, that every step of faith we take, you will lead us and guide us, and you will make clear to us what you are doing through our church at this hour. You know, New Philly is going to go on to plant more churches. Not just in Australia. Uh, one country that Brother Michael named was India. And that's something that has been really strong in our hearts as well. So there are other countries that God is going to continue to give us open doors for. It's written right here in the Word of God. We hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. Then we'll be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you. As our area of influence increases, it's really what's going forward is the Word of God. The Word of God is increasing and bearing fruit all over the world. It's not a local church per se, but it's the Word of God that is living in that local church. It's going out all over the world. And it's bringing healing and deliverance and life. It is confronting demonic strongholds. It is establishing the spirit of sonship. Causing people to not feel like orphans, but to be placed in families where they know they belong. God is doing a mighty work. God is doing a mighty work. And I believe what God is doing here in New Philly is the first fruits. So first fruits of what God wants to do in many churches all over the world at this hour. He's doing it 
not only through New Philly, but there are other churches that are also exemplifying some of these things that we're seeing here in this house. Let's all stand to our feet and we're going to close with a song of praise.